everyone <laughs> that's pete and that is stacy it's the we don't want to grow up podcast we're here with some more nostalgic fun and jumping right in i thought i would tell you about wait a quick disclaimer you might hear little lightning and thunder in the background thunder so, sorry the thunder anyways go ahead okay so this past week i shared a video from super wheels miami which is a skating rink Back in the day, it used to be called Hot Wheels Skating Center. So it's still open now. It is still open now. Wow. I will tell you more about that in a second. But the video is from a Friday night in the late 80s, and it is just so nostalgic. It is so 80s. It is absolute comfort food for my mind. What was your skating rink called that you went to? Do you know? I thought it was USA Skate. Okay. I feel like someone else mentioned that. Yeah. I might have that wrong, but in my mind, that's what it was. Mine was Roller Coaster Skate World. Okay. And I looked and it's still open. Is it really? Yes. So we could go there now. Yeah. Do you want to? I need to practice a little bit first. We couldn't practice on the rink. Mm, No. Okay. I want to feel more comfortable because I did try to skate as an adult one time for one of my friend's birthdays and I was a mess. But like I was a great skater when I was a kid. Right. But it was not like riding a bike. Like Mm. I did not pick it right back up. Really? Yeah. I don't know what it was. Like I just didn't feel comfortable. So I definitely need to need to practice a bit before I go. I just feel like it would be a waste of a time to get there if I don't do it and don't feel comfortable. Yeah. I can remember as a kid, like getting there and like learning. Right. And then being like, oh, next time I come here, I'm going to be ready. Yeah. And I put on my metal skates. (laughs) <laughs> at yeah. home Aww. from 1923 to practice. <laughs> 1923. <laughs> uh, but that video, it just made me miss like getting dropped off mm. and just spending the whole day or night there and going for like birthday parties or sometimes you would just go with your friends. Like it was the thing to do in like later elementary school or sometimes middle school, like kind of up until I started going to the mall yeah. and the movies all the time. I kind of stopped going to the skating rink. I can remember having the skates on and being able to pretty much go wherever in the skate rink. So it's like you'd be on the the skate Uh rink itself. And then I wanted to go play Space Harrier in the arcade. So Uh I would skate over through the arcade on the carpet. Yeah. You could go everywhere. I like skating on the carpet. Yeah. I think I've told the story about how my friend Rachel, rest in peace, her uncle owned a skating rink. Yeah. And sometimes we would go like on a Saturday night, but we would get to stay after hours after it was closed and just skate all over the place. Yeah. And it just felt magical. That is magical. Because he would still keep the music going and the lights going and everything. It was great. So anyway, if you're in the Miami area, check out Super Wheels. I looked at their schedule and like they have an adult only night. They have girls night out. They have, yeah, they have um, a beginner's session called Skating 101 and they have a family night. It just, it looks like a lot of fun. Well, if we ever make it down to Miami, we should visit. That sounds like fun. And that skating rink was amazing in the video that you shared. I know. Sounds like that would be a fun, uh, we don't want to grow up meetup. Yes. Right? It would be. And also go to Miami. Mm-hmm. All right. Who is coming to the front of the class for show and tell? It's Laura. Laura. Laura is 44, born in 1977. So she's really my generation, not your generation, but mine. All right. You can have her. 
I guess. <laughs> Laura's favorite 80s movie is Earth Girls Are Easy, but it's tied with North Shore. Both movies that I have seen, but it has been so long, I need to rewatch them. Ditto. I haven't seen Earth Girls Are Easy in a very long time, right. but I did watch it. I mean, I love Jeff Goldblum and Gina Davis. Need to watch this. And right Jim now. Carrey. Yeah. Yeah. Favorite 80s song is very difficult, Laura said. She said, I'll say In My Darkest Hour by Megadeth. which we were actually just listening to to hype us up before we we came to record. Pete played it. Our prep session for the episode. Yes, thanks for the inspiration, Laura. (laughs) Favorite 90s movie is also a mix. First one, The Doom Generation, followed by Nowhere, and finally, The Crow. Nice. Favorite 90s song is also so hard. I'll choose my fave from my fave 90s band, Them Bones by Alice in Chains. Fantastic choice, Laura. You know Pete loves some Alice. I was so excited to see this line in particular in the show notes. I said, there's my new best friend, Laura. (laughs) Favorite 80s shows. She's got a few here. She-Ra, Jem, DuckTales, and Married with Children. Nice. Very good list. It's a good mix. It is. Favorite 90s shows, My So-Called Life, Ren and Stimpy, The Simpsons, Roseanne, but my ultimate favorite, Bridge the Decades, that was Degrassi Junior High and Degrassi High. Full disclosure, I've never seen either of these. I haven't either, and I don't know what's wrong with me. How did we miss them? I don't know, because I looked and like it, it's a time frame that we should have watched. I mean, I know that they were Canadian shows, but I know that, you know, American people watched it. So I'm not sure how I missed it. Now, I did not get day-to-day cable until like 93 or 94, something like that. I would have cable on the weekends, but not during the week. So I have an excuse. You, on the other hand, <laughs> no excuse. I know, but it it does make me want to watch it because I know so many people loved it. We'll get on that. Let's put it on the list. Add it to the list. We'll do a Pilots on Patreon for Degrassi High, Degrassi Junior High. Yes, and I think Degrassi, the next generation, is the one that has your fave, Drake. Drake. (laughs) Before he was Drake. (laughs) And that would actually be appropriate because they're doing a reboot, I think, on HBO Max. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. All right. Maybe we give it a shot. My favorite... 80s toys, she says, were She-Ra and Gem Dolls, by far. Agree. I also loved this other warrior doll line called Golden Girl. I know what she's talking about. They were pretty intricate, the Golden Girl line. Yes. And sometimes I think like, oh, this was a She-Ra doll that I had. I mean, and there were a lot of different dolls that came with She-Ra because she had a lot of Mm -hmm. friends. But sometimes I look and I'm like, oh, wait, I think that that was actually a Golden Girl that I had. Ah, Nothing wrong with a golden girl. Nothing wrong. In any capacity. That's right. (laughs) All right. My favorite games were Solomon's Key and Tetris on the NES and Mario Anything. Nice. I just got Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers 2, 
and Super Mario Brothers 3 for the NES. Yes. By the way. We've had lots of fun. I, I just beat Super Mario Brothers 3 last weekend with a buddy. That's right. Shout out McNair. Shout out McNair. Well, actually, he wasn't there. He wasn't when there I beat when it. you won. You beat yeah. it later. Yeah, I actually did the hard yards. He left when it was easy. You know what? There <laughs> there's video. I need to send it to him actually. Of the two of you, because we have a camera in our living room <laughs> that goes off after a certain time and we were up yeah, late. Right. The two of you like playing Contra. <laughs> yes. And you're like high-fiving and celebrating. It's very cute. Well, we beat Contra on our first run, which honestly is impressive. <laughs> now, did we use the cheat code? Absolutely. Oh. And of course, I would love to know someone that could beat Contra without the cheat code. Give me a shout, if so, because I'm curious how in the world you did that. Because we came close to our 30 life capacity. We got very close. You guys were funny. Yes. I went to bed <laughs> at a certain point. I was like, okay, love you guys. Good night. Uh, favorite 90s book, Lost Souls by Poppy Z. Bright. And also Sassy Magazine. Ooh, Sassy. I actually just shared yesterday, I think, several July covers of Sassy Magazine. Mm. I like to do that like monthly, find some covers of some magazine from that month. Right. So it's a lot of fun. RDJ, little Robert Downey Jr. was their first male cover. Was he really? Yeah, and he was in July. Ah, do you know what year? I think it was 89. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Finally, mall stores, always the music stores, especially if they had hot, long-haired guys working there. Yes. I feel you, Laura. (laughs) (laughs) You wanted dudes with long hair. I mean, I didn't mind it. Yeah. And she follows that up with, I can talk about the 90s forever. (laughs) Yes. Listen, if we make a 90s panel, we have, we don't want to grow up the 90s chat panel. I think I want Laura on there. She's on my panel. Like if we do a... uh, Just a discussion. A convention, a discussion. (laughs) Yes. Whatever it is. All right, Laura. We've signed you up. Signed you up. Hope you're on. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Laura. Thanks, Laura. And if you'd like to participate in our show and tell segment, you can email us at we don't want to grow up pod at gmail.com and we'll send you a questionnaire to fill out. Also, if you'd like to dive into even more nostalgia, you can come to any of our social media pages for lots more. We're on Instagram at we don't want to grow up pod. We're on TikTok at we don't want to grow up. We have a Facebook group called the Cozy Club dash fans of We Don't Want to Grow Up that you can join. Just answer a few questions and come meet some fellow nostalgia lovers. And if you'd like access to exclusive bonus episodes, early access to some regular episodes, or if you'd just like to throw a little extra support our way, you can become a member of our Patreon by going over to patreon.com slash we don't want to grow up. And if you enjoy the We Don't Want to Grow Up podcast, we would really appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star rating and write us a nice little review if you have something nice to say. Not only does it help us out, but it's also encouraging to hear from you all. It's very encouraging. It doesn't take long to just hit the five stars, say a little something nice if you like us. All right, and now it's time for our feature presentation. From 1987. Summer school. It was directed by Carl Reiner. The story was by Jeff Franklin, Stuart Birnbaum, and David Deshev. The original music score was composed by none other than Danny Elfman. How about that? Yeah, that is surprising. I love it. So, Mr. Shoop. 
is a high school PE teacher who is forced to teach summer school, ruining his summer plans at the last minute because the teacher who was supposed to teach won the lottery and did what most of us would have done, quit immediately. And who was that? It was Carl Reiner. He played the teacher. Spoiler alert. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Shoup is not happy about being there. He was counting down the clock, ready for his trip to Hawaii with his 21-year-old girlfriend. And you know who else is not excited about this? The kids in his remedial English class. These students all need to retake the test that they failed and pass it in order for Mr. Shoup to get his tenure. At the end of the summer, everyone has taken something positive away from their summer together in school. I love this movie so much. I wanted to cover this last summer. We just didn't have time to fit it in. And I have to say, this is one that I rented from the video store a lot. I feel like I did as well. Either that or it was on HBO a lot because I've seen this movie a lot. I think that this was actually one of the ones that started my love for like dark comedy, Mm -hmm. you know, because there are some some things in this that are are like jarring to see, especially as a kid. I mean, in 87, I was seven. Right. So it's funny to me that I was so fascinated with this movie, but I loved it. I don't think my parents knew what all was in this movie. No, I am sure they did not. I mean, it's not really like that sexual of a movie. It's just that there's a lot of like gore and like horror type stuff. Right. Even though it's done in like a funny way. Mm -hmm. So our cast, starting out Mark Harmon as our teacher, Freddie Shoup. Kirstie Alley as Robin Bishop. Robin Thomas as Vice Principal Phil Gills. Courtney Thorne-Smith as Pam House. Dean Cameron as Francis Chainsaw. Grimp. The best. Gary Riley as Dave Frazier. Patrick Labordier as Kevin Winchester. I feel like you always get his name and you always nail it. Yeah, that's not the first time I've gotten his name, is it? No, we had him uh, on Heathers. Yes. And then we have already actually recorded our recasting of this movie mm-hmm. for Patreon, if you're interested. Patreon.com slash we want to grow up, <laughs> where you had to say his name. I've not said it yet, I don't think. Maybe I have, but let me try it again. Le Bordier. Le Bordier. It just flows for you, though. There are names that we have to like sit and struggle over that are so simple, but we've... yet you this one just rolled off your tongue. <laughs> right. Like we've got to go to Google to look up the audio pronunciation of some names. Yeah. We did not do that for this one. Like how to pronounce Amanda Seyfried. Yes. And like I still we... don't even know if that's the right one. We had asked that. <laughs> question, right? Yeah. <laughs> Kelly Joe Minter as Denise Green. Shawnee Smith as Rhonda Altabello. Richard Stephen Horvitz as Alan Ekian. Ken Olant as Larry Casamias. Fabiana Udinio as Anna Maria Mozzarelli. Mozzarelli. Dwayne Davis as Jerome Watkins, also known as the bathroom guy. <laughs> I love him. Tom Trope as Judge Stuart R. Dreyer. Frank McCarthy as Principal Kelvin. And as you said before, Carl Reiner as Mr. Deradorian. Is that how you would say that? Yep. He's the teacher who takes off after winning the lottery. A lotto winner. I love when the director does a little cameo. We just had that with Weekend at Bernie's as well. Is it like an 80s thing to do? Or do we have some 90s, 2000s, 2010s, 2020s directors doing the same thing? I mean, possibly. We'll just have to start covering all of them. (laughs) I mean, we may have talked about that before. Nothing is like ringing a bell right now. Listen, if you don't remember it, it didn't happen. (laughs) All right. Fun facts. Let's get to them. 
So the same school was used for the filming of The Karate Kid and also for A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. It's all the same high school. Yeah. And it does feel very familiar. Every time you see them, it's like, I've seen this. I feel like I've seen this in another movie. It just feels like a high school in the 80s. (laughs) This was like a kind of an oops moment. And I actually rewound it so that you would see it. You did. Because I actually looked for fun facts and stuff this time before we watched, which I don't normally do. Ah. I did that this time. So when Rhonda stands up during the first roll call and pats her pregnant belly, the echo of the ball under her shirt is audible. <laughs> it is. It's like it's a like uh, one of those dodgeball. It's like a dodgeball, like yeah. Rubber balls. It's got the noise. It does. It's funny. <laughs> if you've not noticed that, go watch it. It's very evident. Mark Harmon actually had to put out the fire on the couch during the party scene because it quickly grew out of control. That's why you can see that on Shoop's left hand, he has injured one of his fingers and it appears to have been smashed. <laughs> I would love to see a clip of that. Yes. Everybody like freaking out. It gives me so much anxiety. Well, we're recording now. It's the day after the 4th. And I was just recently talking about Mm -hmm. how much I hate fireworks so much. But it's because when I was a kid, I was around people like friends of my sisters, a bunch of teenage boys, some of my cousins even, who just did not use them properly. They were very, very careless with them. And I was traumatized. So to this day, I am not okay with them. I don't like being near them when they're being set off. I like I like them from a distance. Like when I lived in Orlando, one of the houses I lived in, you could see the fireworks from Magic Kingdom, Disney World from my backyard. Mm -hmm. That's the distance I like. So, yeah, and maybe maybe this movie is another reason why fireworks made me nervous. It could be. I just had a friend today telling me about what he was doing with fireworks on the 4th of July. And it's like, have you ever seen those like spinner ones where you like kind of light it and then it spins yep. and it shoots up in the air? Hate them. Except he was lighting them and then throwing them. Hmm. <laughs> and he was having a very good time until they launched into the house that they were at and kind of stuck in the siding and then exploded. <gasps> so, you know. He was having a good time. Oh, no. Was the house okay? (laughs) I think so. Uh, Again, hate them. (laughs) (laughs) This I absolutely love. This was probably one of my favorite things to find out about all of this. So Carl Reiner arranged for this scene where the students try to scare off the substitute teacher with the blood effects and the gory makeup to be filmed on Halloween, October 31st. Oh, wow. So that the actors could wear their costumes and makeup to Halloween parties that they were attending that evening. That is amazing. I know. Oh, bless him. Bless him. Oh, bless him. Now, I just wish that I wanted to see pictures of each of these people at whatever Halloween parties they were at. I know. But they probably didn't take them because it was the 80s. It was, but some of these <laughs> costumes would have been incredible. I know. Absolutely incredible. All right. So the Hawaiian shirt that Mark Harmon wears is the same exact Duke Kahanamoka model Montgomery Clift wears in the film From Here to Eternity in 1953. The chapstick scene at the end of the film came from a moment Harmon experienced. While waiting in the valet line at the Beverly Hills Hotel, he pulled some chapstick out of his pocket and started applying it. He heard someone ask, may I have some of that? And turned to find the asker was a beautiful woman. Director Carl Reiner liked it and used the experience to end summer school. And then we have the scene where they're making out on the beach, which is reenacting the famous scene from From Here to Eternity. So it all ties together. It does. I love it. 
Courtney Thorne Smith became famous later on. You know, she was on Melrose Place and some other stuff. And because of this, she now gets third billing on the DVD cover for the movie. Whereas on the original theatrical movie posters, that was not the case. She was nowhere to be found. Nope. It's like, who's that? (laughs) When the students take their final exam near the end of the film, the song Mind Over Matter plays and is performed by Elizabeth Daly. The song was originally recorded by Debbie Harry of Blondie fame, but due to legal conflicts, E.G. Daly replaced her on the final soundtrack. However, Blondie's Rapture plays in the background during some of the strip club scene. So she still made it. And E.G. Daly, doesn't she do like cartoon voices now? Pretty sure she does because she's like, she's the one that was in the music video, right? Yes. Yes. She does like Rugrats voices and stuff like that. She's a very accomplished voice actress. Cool. Yeah. So Summer School's horror scene that we were just talking about was a great introduction for Shawnee Smith. She's the pregnant one. Yes. Uh, The whole time I was watching, and I know her from this movie, but I was like, what do I know her from? Like, I feel like it was something more recent. Well, she went on to become the star of the Saw horror franchise. Oh, yeah. Right? You see it now in your head? Right. Like, look look her up for Saw. She had the big mouth trap on. Yeah. And she's in several of them. She is. Doesn't she end up becoming one of the ones that, well, I don't want to give anything away. Spoilers. Yeah, sorry. But I love that. But she also, she had roles in The Blob, The Grudge 3, Wes Craven's Carnival of Souls, and the Stephen King miniseries, The Stand. She was in The Stand. Yeah. Oh, wow. Good honor. That's just her thing. Nice work. The music video to Mind Over Matter. That we were just talking about. Yes. It's set in the same exam room. It starts with the scream scene, which we see in the film, before the start of the test by the character of Chainsaw, who then falls asleep and daily appears in the front of the class singing. The students dance and join her as backup dancers slash musicians intercut with scenes of the film. Courtney Thorne Smith, Kelly Jo Minter, Dean Cameron, Gary Riley, and Richard Stephen Horvitz reprise their film roles, and director Carl Reiner also appears on the music video as a disgruntled principal who turns the music off at the end of the video. It is so fun. If you haven't seen that video, look it up. Yes. It is a good time, especially if you love this movie. That's one thing that was a gift that I only found out about maybe a year ago. Right. And so then I got to revisit it with you when we were researching. But it is a lot of fun. It's not one that I remember seeing back in the day. It is absolute late 80s, though. Mm -hmm. It's like a time capsule. Yeah. This is the second time that Lucy Lee Flippin, who plays the substitute teacher, played a teacher to Patrick... How do I say his name? Labordier. Labordier. Who plays Kevin. So he was on Little House on the Prairie. He played Andy Garvey. Did he really? One of the children at Walnut Grove. Yes. Because that was a fun thing because he had reunited with Shannon Doherty on Heathers. Yes. They were both on Little House. And then Lucy Lee Flippin played Eliza Jane Wilder, who taught at Walnut Grove for a couple of years. I watched so much of that show, but all I remember... But all I can remember is Nellie going down the hill. Is Nellie going down the hill. That's it. (laughs) 
<laughs> it was so traumatic. It was traumatic. Now, she lived, right? But she was I paralyzed, think, I think. I don't that remember was... how it all came about or anything. Yeah. I just remember, I feel like she was the worst. Yeah. But you still felt bad? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I watched it, I would start to remember more. It's been so long. And that's not one I've ever watched. Again, right. Beyond maybe a young teen. I haven't watched them since they were originally on. So it would be eye-opening to watch it again. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> This is a little fun tidbit. So uh, Mark Harmon's niece, Tracy Nelson, later played Courtney Thorne Smith's sister in four episodes of Melrose Place. Oh, small world. I know. There's a lot of these coming up. Some little things where people cross paths. All right. Yeah. Next up, Mark Harmon guest starred in two season eight episodes of JAG that became the pilot for NCIS. Patrick Labordier starred in 208 of the 227 episodes of JAG and three episodes as of 2021 of NCIS. Nice. Yes. Dean Cameron and Patrick Labordier would reunite three years later for the Canadian comedy Ski School, 1990. I want to cover that, by the way. He was just talking about that. So we'll do that this winter. All right. After Christmas. Yes. After we've come back from our Christmas break. After Rambo, after RoboCop, after Terminator and Terminator 2. Then we'll cover those. Those will be our fall movies because fall is comfort food and those are comfort food movies. (laughs) Your movies, listen, I'm sorry, but they're going to come after Christmas. No. I've told you. All right. (laughs) He's pouting right now. I am. We have to do holiday themed stuff. I'm so sorry. I am not happy right now. And we're planning on taking a break unless we don't take a break in August and September. Listen, you take a break and I will record the podcast without you for four episodes. Okay. And you'll edit them. Uh, No, you're going to still have to edit (laughs) them. (laughs) If I'm taking a break, I'm taking a break. (laughs) Listen, last year we took a break in the summer and we have not taken a break. We have not. I got to get it in there sometime, but we certainly can't break during like October. No, September it is because <laughs> who cares about September? Nobody. Yeah. Well, it's back to school, though. Eh, it's fine. When are we going to cover Trapper Keepers, Big Reams of Paper and Erasers? I've talked about all of that on our Instagram. <laughs> they can go there. All right. All right. Back on track. Let's go. Okay, let's see. So Courtney Thorne Smith and Dean Cameron appeared in Fast Times, which came out in 1986. It was a short-lived series that was based on Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which came out in 82, which we've already covered. If you haven't heard it, scroll back. Lastly, Chainsaw and Dave reference at the movies throughout the film, mimicking Siskel and Ebert's style and signature thumbs up. In real life, Siskel and Ebert both gave the film two thumbs down. (laughs) That is pretty funny. It is funny. And I found all of this information either on IMDb, Wikipedia, or 80s Movie Guide. Very good work. We also just recently watched a panel of a lot of the cast. I think it was from like 2013 or something yeah, like that. Right. And that was fun and also wild to see everyone now. Yes. Or and not even now. That was 10 years ago. But it was pretty fun to see. Nothing major to report. Just that it was fun. I mean, other than... Vice Principal Phil Gill's Robin Thomas. (gasps) Has not aged. Has not aged. He is, as you put it, 
an attractive man. He is very much so. Yeah, it, it is like kind of strange to see like Chainsaw and Dave, how yeah. they look now, you know, but I mean, no shame. Like Listen, we all people get older. Age, it's fine. It's just jarring to go from watching the movie to watching that. And I had never seen, you know, what they looked like in the meantime. Mm -hmm. So it was fun, though. It was fun. Mark Harmon wasn't there. No. Or Kirstie Alley. Of no, neither of them were there. And obviously Carl Reiner has passed away. Right. And... Very recently, I think. In the past couple of years. Yeah, in 2020, I think. Right. But there were still a good, there were probably like, I don't know, eight or 10 people there. Yeah. I guess it's time to get into favorite moments. Our favorite moments. All right. First up for me, none other than the killer rabbit scene. It's so funny. It is. I'd forgotten about it, but that scene used to scare me, right? <laughs> but also make me laugh so hard while I was watching it. So I would watch this movie a lot. Mm -hmm. The special effects for this type of movie were really good. Yeah. When you look at it, you're just yeah, like- because it makes you question for a second if it's real or not. Yeah. It, yeah. It's like a, a well now, done- yeah. yeah even it's like a well-done 80s horror movie. Mm -hmm. One of my fa favorite things about that moment is that Anna Maria is like, these lies, you know, she's like, it's so <laughs> disgusting or whatever. And then she's like, I love it. I love it. And I'm like, yes, me too. That's exactly how I feel. I'm like, it's so gross. And then I'm like, I love it. Well done. <laughs> My first favorite moment is when the class puts in their requests to Mr. Shoop, basically all of these wishes that he's going to fulfill in yes. order for them to actually work with him and study and try to pass the test. Right. So everybody has their thing. So like Denise wanted driving lessons. Dave and Chainsaw wanted a party at Shoop's house. And they also wanted to show... I think it was the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes, for sure. Rhonda wanted someone to go to Lamaze with her to be her coach. Pam needed a place to live. Larry wanted a bed because, you know, he was moonlighting as a stripper. He was sleepy. <laughs> there were a lot of requests. And so that was the agreement that they had all come to. And that was like a fun little montage to kind of show Mr. Shoop making good on all of those requests. Right. All right. Number two on my list, Mr. Shoop feeding Wonder Mutt. The PB&J off of his finger. Ugh. And then eating the same PB&J off of the same finger. And then dipping it back in. And then re-dips it. Like, what in the Ugh. world? It is disgusting. I remember that from back in the day. Me too. And it grossed me out the same amounts from when I was a kid to when I was an adult. I'm glad I'm not the only one. I I mean, I'm sure it grossed everyone out. Yes. I remember watching it as a kid, though, and being confused about what was happening. Like, why are you doing that? Stop doing that. <laughs> Stop that it. was before I had seen Puck on uh, Real World Season 3. Yeah. You know, dip his finger into the peanut butter and lick it and then, like, put the jar back for everyone else. Like, I don't know if you do that. And if you're a listener, I'm sorry. Stop it. <laughs> Get a spoon. Get a spoon. Oh, definitely a memorable moment. Mm -hmm. All right. Number two on my list. <laughs> there is a moment where the vice principal has to take over the class and we get the notorious and nostalgic moment where one person starts to hum <laughs> and then he gets on to that person and that person starts talking and someone else takes over the humming. Chainsaw, stop doing that. Stop doing what? You know, I hear it too and it's very annoying. I wish you'd find the hooligan that's responsible because I am trying to read chapter seven again. 
And then before you know it, everyone's humming and there's no control over the class and it just drives the VP insane. And it's hilarious. Yeah, because he comes in with an iron fist, right? Like he's going to own this class. Mm -hmm. This class is not going to be owned. Nope. Sorry. <laughs> Bring us Mr. Shoop. Bring us Mr. Shoop or get out. Yep. It always makes me laugh. It's so good. All right. My third favorite moment, Mr. Shoop bonding with Pam via Hitman surfer lingo. Let's play it here. You know, I grew up surfing those same waves. Today was phenomenal. Three to four, breaking out of the south, glassy, light offshore breeze. You had to go for the ditch. Like, he is so cool at that point, right? Like, <laughs> he's saying everything that she knows. It's like he just punched her in the face with coolness. Mm -hmm. She's just like, whoa. But, I mean, that's what was needed because before that, from the moment that she stepped foot in that class, she was staring out the window, gazing at the ocean. Yeah. I mean, she, although this was a continuity issue because when they first show her get the note saying that she has to go to summer school, she has the, what is it called? Nose. Um, nose zone or something. Nose, or nose, not nose zone. cream. Nose, nose cream. <laughs> Yes, look in the Babysitter's Club book for reference. I am, because reference. she just said it. They just said it in the episode on our Patreon where we were reading that book. And it is hilarious. Scott had it on his nose. Scott the lifeguard. It's nose coat. Nose coat. And lip coat. But she had on nose coat and she had it on her cheeks. And it was multicolored. It was like green and orange or something where like you typically see it white, right? But right. she had like neon pink or something on her nose. But then when you see her in the classroom a few minutes later, she doesn't have it on anymore. Ooh, they missed that. Yeah. I like it. Mm -hmm. But that was like full sunblock, right? Like nothing was getting through at that point. Yes. She only like did it in spots. Yes. So from the moment that she's there, she's gazing out and he sees that and yeah. he knows what she wants to do. So he has to get her by letting her know that he understands. Well, he's like hip man. <laughs> and it works. It did work. He was hip man. <laughs> he was hip man. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> hip man. <laughs> Okay, number three, I think it's probably everyone's favorite moment when you watch this movie, but the whole faux murder scene, scary movie thing that they did to scare away the substitute. Amazing. They went all out and everything from like the random hand pulling the tongue out of the mouth, the ruler in yes. the mouth. Uh, with Rhonda, mm -hmm. that's the scene like actually that made me think of Saw because I was like, that's <laughs> what I know her from. I'm like, I know her from something like creepy. You know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, there was a throat slit. You had Chainsaw with a blade in his head. Larry had his guts out. Yeah, like he the was intestines. Like, what, do I, what do I do with these intestines? Yes. And then Chainsaw and Dave come out with chainsaws and they're like, It's like you said, Jill. <laughs> and everybody starts laughing then. And then the substitute's like, I'm not ready for high school. Out she goes. Yeah. They're like, why did she leave? Didn't she like us? Mm -hmm. Kids, <laughs> they win again. They Quote win. unquote kids. Yeah. And then like he takes the fake eyeball and starts chewing it like it. it's yeah. gum. Even though I know it's fake, always grosses me out. I wonder if they just put like a grape in there. I'm sure. Or just like a piece of gum. Could you chew through a jawbreaker? I don't want to like break that. my teeth. But I mean, a gumball is different. I used to get gumballs out of the quarter machines. Okay. All right. Listen, I'm not going to underestimate your power. Okay. Then don't. <laughs> so also after this, we have the scene of them coming to the beach 
in all of their outfits still to see Mr. Shoop. And they're begging him to come back. And my favorite is Rhonda with the ruler mouth. It's like, please. <laughs> she can't really say it because of the, the mouth. And then he's like, how can I say no to these cute little faces? That's right. So funny. All right, on to HMs. My first HM, the instantaneous permission slip signing by all of the kids. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, we're going to take a trip, but we need permission slips. All of them <laughs> produce immediate permission slips. <laughs> that is so 80s. It led to a question form. Did you ever forge a signature of your parents? I I don't think so. I mean, maybe like an absent, you know, like approval. Okay. Maybe once or something in high school. Mm -hmm. I have a slight memory of doing that at one point. But (laughs) I don't, I mean, I only skipped school like once. So yeah, probably just the one time. I've got a good one. Yeah. Third grade. Third grade, we got in trouble in the classroom and we all had to have a writing assignment. Like it's like, you're going to write a hundred times. I will not insert here, whatever it is, a hundred times, but you had to take it home and you had to get it signed by your parents to let them know you done wrong. Mm -hmm. Right. So I came up with the idea of, hey, mom, I'm creating an award for you, but I need you to sign here. So I took (laughs) my writing assignment and I folded it up into a square to where it's like best mom ever written in pencil. Oh, my God. Best mom ever. Mom, I need you to sign your best mom ever award <laughs> and uh, put a line. And she signed it. And I erased, I erased everything. And I had my mom's name on there. Signed, sealed, delivered. What? Does off she the know hook. this? I don't think so. That is hilarious. Totally got away with it, too. You little genius. Little genius. Little <laughs> maniacal genius. Listen, I don't know why I didn't do that every time because that was not the only time. But did you give her an award later with her signature? No, she just forgot. Listen, she had a lot of kids at that point, right? Like, <laughs> She's like, okay, she whatever. Can't pay attention to this kid. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Okay, my first HM, when Rhonda is going to sign up for Lama's class, like this was before they talked Shoop into helping, uh, the person at the desk asks who the father is, and she says... Well, you see, that's sort of confusing. It's either David Lee Roth, who's on tour, or Sean Penn, and I'd really hate to upset Madonna. <laughs> it's just very of the time. Very mid to eight ladies. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cute! <laughs> mid to late 80s. (laughs) (laughs) All right. From Chainsaw and Dave, they were advocating for everyone to learn how to drive drunk. That's basically the point that they made. Like people get into accidents while they're drinking and driving because they don't know how to drive drunk. (laughs) Very of the times. Very of the times. (laughs) Although I feel like it sounds like some people we know now. Yes. A a little bit. Don't drink and drive. Yes. Do not drink and drive. Don't even drink and drive tipsy. I hate it. No. Thanks. I hate it. Thanks. I hate that. (laughs) This we already kind of talked about. I wrote down couch on fire. And and what's funny is I put, this is why I hate fireworks. (laughs) And then when they're like, poor fish, because the fish died. The fish does die. That fish did not deserve that. And then when Dave's like, you got to get rid of that couch. That is a definite fire hazard. (laughs) Like you a-holes. Yeah. You're ruining this man's apartment. (laughs) Get out of here. All right. Next up for my HMs, the go-karts. There's a whole scene where they're driving around on these go-karts. They are incredible looking. They might be super slow. I can't tell, but they look like they're gas powered and they look like they're having a good time. And I'm jealous because I've never driven a go-kart like that. And I want to. 
I was jealous just because, like, they're supposed to be in school, but they're going to do all this fun stuff. It did look fun. I was like, I didn't get to do this at school. It's like, I want to be in summer school. I know, right? (laughs) If summer school is going to be like this. So when Shoop walks into the class and he's wearing a suit Mm -hmm. because he's trying to be serious now and the kids are confused and they're like, are you going to a funeral? And this is like Dave and Chainsaw. And then they're like, can we go? Because they're just so into the right. morbidity of it all. The macabre. Yes. And also right after that is when the, the VPs like, take your seats. And they're both the same time say, where, where can, can we, we take, take them? them? <laughs> <laughs> all right. My final HM, the book report. It needed to be 100 words, 20 or so of which were very. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Creature creator Rick Baker. Very, 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 very. Very, 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 very much. It's 100 words on the nose. You can if you want. I did use a similar but less obvious trick for a few papers I had to write in like fifth and sixth grade. Like we were having to write 10 page papers on the Bible, which was a challenge. I would say, in fifth and sixth grade. Right. But yeah, it was very, 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 very boring. (laughs) Well, what was your trick? Did you use very, but just not as much? Honestly, I would do like very, very, Mm. right? Very, comma, very. And like, that's two words. Right. And you you can always like... Throw in a good descriptive word. Exactly. Mm. Yes. Very similar tricks. Yes. Not quite as obvious, but very similar. Mm -hmm. Very, 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 very similar. (laughs) So when Denise passes her driver's test, she's so excited to tell Shoop, but she gets out of the car with her seatbelt still on. So then, you know, she jerks back, which is always funny. Yeah. I'm proud of you. Congratulations, Denise. Oh, man, I couldn't have done it without you. Also, I love her outfit there. She's got like the zebra outfit with the leg warmers. I've always loved her style. So memorable, that outfit. Also, real quick, the bathroom guy, which you mentioned before, ends up getting a 91 on the test. Crushed it. And he leaves the first day to go to the bathroom, comes back the last day to take the test. 91. He's just a genius. And he said in the beginning, the computer got this wrong. I expect it to get it right, which it did. There you go. And then also right before they take the test and Dave lets out this giant loud scream. And it was really just to break the tension. Right. Tension breaker had to be done. Anybody else? And then you and I got off on this conversation about how we actually really liked the testing process. I mean, I can't say that I loved taking tests, but like the whole thing of like the proctor telling you the rules at the beginning and like having your sharp number two pencil. The number two pencil. It had to be number two because there was other numbers. Mm hmm. You couldn't use those because the computers would not recognize that lead. You couldn't use your fun like tie-dye pencils, your pencils with material on them, your like Lisa Frank pencils. Yes. You had to be careful to fill in the whole circle accurately. Yes. I was very accurate with my circles. I also remember when we had to take, I think they were called the CRTs in third grade. Mm Mm-hmm. And halfway through the day, they would bring snacks to the classroom and we would get like the little ice cream cups. Ooh, yes. The top that you had to peel off with the wooden spoons. Right. Like you're at the hospital. Yes. I thought it was just the coolest thing. And they'd bring like juice boxes and stuff. They'd have like chocolate and vanilla in the same cup. Yes. Mm. Later, you'd get like a pack of cheese and crackers that also had like the little red stick to spread the cheese. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Very good times. (laughs) 
Oh, and when Shoop is talking with Pam in the bedroom, which is kind of awkward, but he gets out of the situation. She's trying to make it awkward. Very awkward. And again, talking about a Grunion run. Yes, this is your thing. You know this Grunion run. It is a real thing, but they talked. It was just funny because we had just watched Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Mm-hmm. I had just watched Beverly Hills 90210, all where they had Grunion runs. And then like Tori Spelling was talking about it on their podcast. And then Gloria, who's one of our friends that we've met through the podcast, who lives in California, has recently, you know, also confirmed that that is a very real thing. That's pretty cool. When are we going to make the Grunion run? When are we going to do it? Gloria's just got to tell us the right time to come out there. Let us know, Gloria. (laughs) So a few things that we noticed that were from the time. We had the sign that came after the plane when they were at the beach at the beginning of the movie that says, Tan with body butter sun spread. (laughs) I just thought the word sun spread is so weird. Yes, it was weird. <laughs> like body butter is not weird enough, but we're more used to that phrase. But sun spread. Then you had Freddy Krueger in Chainsaw's locker, along with a whole bunch of like monster horror stuff from the times. Which is also funny since Nightmare on Elm Street 2 was filmed at that school where yes. that locker was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the denim on denim that Kirstie Alley was wearing, plus lots of shoulder pads. Yes, linebacker level shoulder pads. (laughs) Also, we noticed outdoor lockers. Yes. Is that only in California? Because it was that way on Beverly Hills 90210 as well. Yeah. Yeah. I would want to know, is that legitimate for California? Well, it has to be because they filmed at real high schools. Like like, Beverly Hills 90210 was at Torrance High School, which is a real school. uh, That's true. And this was at a real school. So... What would you all do when it was raining? Or it, just, it doesn't rain in did LA. It not rain? I mean, if it does, it's like once a year or something. Okay. It's not often. All right. It's a big deal if it rains there because people and they're covered, like, right? They don't know how to drive in the rain, and it's a whole thing. They're covered. Yeah, they're covered. Yeah, but they're outside. I guess just because it's it's pretty mild temperatures. Yes. All the time, like you couldn't do that in New York, and you, I mean, you couldn't even do it in Georgia. Right. Or, you know, I went to school because there are times of year that it's just too cold. In New York, you might freeze. For sure. Yeah. I just think it's so fascinating to see the outdoor lockers like that. So Chainsaw and Dave work at a photo fast, Mm -hmm. which is where you go and you get like the one hour photos or whatever. And they're looking at the nudie photos that they're getting (laughs) and then reprinting them. Reprinting them. Which is so awkward. And I'm just thinking like, I mean, I'm sure it happened all the time because there was no other way. Like you had to get photos developed if you were taking nude pics. Or sexy pics. Somebody was going to see them. Somebody was going to see them. And I guess Mm -hmm. that's just the price you had to pay. And do you remember, like, at times they could choose whether or not to print it for you. Oh, I never So that means they had to see it. Yeah, they definitely saw them. Yeah. And I imagine it being a lot like what it was like with them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Awkward. Awkward. I definitely never took inappropriate pics like that. Me either. I may have had, like, I know I have one picture of a friend who had taken my camera and taken, like, a cleavage shot. Oh, really? Getting that back and being like... Don't ever do that again. Somebody saw that, you know, but it wasn't me, so... (laughs) (laughs) I think I was just more worried that, like, my mom was going to look at it or something. Seriously. At least, in general, you don't know the person at the photo fast. (laughs) Right. But, I mean, I imagine some of the things they saw was pretty... Risque. Times are different now, obviously. You can keep that stuff to yourself if you want. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Another thing we noticed, all of the high school dudes looking like they're about 40 years old. They do. But even when I look at pictures of like my sister's friends, I feel like they all look way older than they are. It's interesting. They Mm -hmm. all have like mustaches and hairy chests. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. 
I just don't remember people that I went to high school with looking like that. They all yeah. I feel like when I look at pictures, I feel like they all look like babies, except for the senior class when I was a freshman. To me, they they look old. Yes. Yes. But they I mean, they were like bigger dudes and they were like hairy dudes. <laughs> it, it was way different than the, the guys that were in my class. We started shaving at some point. <laughs> I guess. Another thing we feel like Ken Oland, who played Larry Kazamias, the stripper, looks just like Kevin Bacon. A dead ringer. If we were just recasting from the 80s, that's who we would pick. But we did recast this movie. Like I said, it's on our Patreon. Go check it out. But we didn't do it with other 80s people. So you'll have to see who we recast. We actually, with that one, I think we did both current people and 90s people. Yours was half current people because you got frustrated. Yes, <laughs> I gave like, up. I don't know teenagers in, I don't know them. now unless it's all the Stranger Things <laughs> or Yellow Jackets cast. <laughs> I also noticed Kevin Winchester's belly shirt. Yes. I never rocked a belly shirt. Well, maybe I did when I was quite young, but not where I could remember. Right. Seeing like these grown boys wearing belly shirts is yeah. so funny to me. I it love is. it. I love it though. It always makes me happy. Steve Sanders used to wear them on 90210 too. Very noticeable. Little iron's earring. One thing is when Shoop is coming home and he's got his grocery bag in his hand, we notice that the paper towels in his bag are just loose. They're not wrapped in There's plastic. no plastic. Right. So like the outer layer is completely burned at that point. You got to throw that away. So was that a real thing back then or was that just like a mishap? Like they didn't catch that. They just grabbed a roll of paper towels and threw them in the bag. I mean, listen, who are we asking? We should know. We're the experts. We're going to have to ask our parents. I don't remember like what paper towels looked like when they got to the house. We are going to have to ask our parents. All right. Another thing I noticed, the girl, this ain't the Riviera scene. And what a letdown that was. It was very like Christmas vacation-ish. Oh, because Anna Maria was getting ready to take her top off at the She beach. was, yes. And then Denise stops her yeah. from taking her top off. Mm-hmm. Chainsaw and Dave are very disappointed. They're the only ones who are disappointed. Mm-hmm. It makes me think of Christmas vacation. <laughs> oh, the Christy Brinkley pool scene. Right? Not Christy Brinkley, whatever that girl's name is. Oh, the, the brunette girl. Yes. Who was in the pool. The right. pool girl coming out of well, the pool. Or the, uh, I thought that was Christy Brinkley. No, no, it's the girl from the mall. It's not Christy Brinkley. Oh. She's not in that movie. That's vacation. Oh, that's a vacation. That's vacation. My yeah. bad. It was the whole Christy Brinkley in the pool at the hotel during vacation. Yes. That had me mixing up the pool scenes. Mm-hmm. I got you now. Shoops headphones when he's out rollerblading. Yes. In fact, his whole outfit. But like those marshmallow old school headphones. Right. Also, Shoop, eating an entire pumpkin pie <laughs> with a, like a big thing of milk. That actually sounds amazing right now, but it, we it haven't eaten dinner. So. Yes, we are hungry. <laughs> also seeing Chainsaw's room. It's so intricate, full of 80s slasher memorabilia everywhere. And girls as well. Girls yes, are on the wall. Lots of girls. Yeah, it was just I would love to just walk around that room. And look at everything because, you know, he's put so much time and effort into everything, Mm -hmm. as most of us 80s and 90s kids did. As we did. Listen, that's it. We're done. We've done summer school. I'm so happy. But before we go, we have to talk about the other summer movies of 1987. The same year that this came out. What a summer. It's a good list. First off, one of my favorites and one I would love to cover. This was a family favorite. Everybody in the family loved this. Harry and the Hendersons. Yes, that's a magical movie. We need to watch that. We do. The Untouchables. Predator. The Witches of Eastwick. Roxanne. 
Spaceballs, which we've covered, by we the have, way. We have. Also one we've covered, Adventures in Babysitting. So good. I love that movie. We've got Jaws, The Revenge. Robocop. <laughs> La Bamba. The Lost Boys. Uh, we got to cover that. We do. In October this year. Agreed. Back to the Beach. I was just thinking about this movie. Who's that girl? The Monster Squad. The aforementioned North Shore. Oh, that's right. Yes. Laura mentioned North Shore. Yep. Dirty Dancing, we've covered for sure. We have one we have not covered, but could be on oh, a list. Soon, yes. The Garbage Pail Kids movie. <laughs> That'll be entertaining for yes, sure. Yes, yes. And last but not least, Fatal Attraction. Wow, what a summer. It really was full of classic movies hit after hit after hit (laughs) the hits keep on coming (laughs) all right well as always thank you for listening we'll see you next time bye-bye bye